My name is Andrew. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Soma Northwest, and uh, just so glad that we could gather the, together this morning. Um, Soma Northwest, as a church community, has been gathering together like this for several years now. I know we formally launched public services, I don't know, a year and a half or so ago, um, but before then, we were a group of people on the Northwest side gathering in small groups or missional communities in people's houses reading God's word, singing songs like this, praying together, ministering to each other with, with the word of God. And we're going to do that, as Deb has already alluded to this morning, a little differently than what we typically do uh, on our Sunday morning service. So this morning, we're actually going to have some folks, your brothers and sisters up here, reading God's word for us. We're going to go through several different passages, um, just reading God's word, listening to God's word spoken out loud as God's people uh, this is the end of our little mini-series, uh, Spiritual Formation Series, about the Word of God, and we're capping it off by just reading God's Word uh, together as a people. So God is doing a work of redeeming a people for himself to worship him. He's calling us out of sin and darkness and into the light of his Word. Um, if you've been with us, you've heard that God's Word is true and that there's an enemy that opposes the work that God's doing, and he opposes that work by telling us lies and planting lies in our hearts. And so one of the ways that we battle that is by getting truth into our hearts. This morning, we're going to do that together publicly as a group of people that have been called out of darkness into the light of God's word. So as, as folks are up here reading, uh, really actively listen. Actively listen with your heart. God's word is true. It is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it cut separating bone and marrow and open the dark uh, lies that Satan may, has, may have uh, planted in your heart, and let him expose the truth of God's word and allow you to open your eyes and see God for who he is, good and glorious and worthy of our praise. Um, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll have folks come up and read. I think Montavia is going to start us off. Right. Father God, I pray that you would come now and be with us as we open up your word. God, even if we don't understand or believe it this morning, we confess that your word is true and that there is so much in our hearts that is not true, warring against the work that you, would, uh, that you want to be doing in us, God, to call us out of sin and darkness and into your light. God, I pray that you would do that work this morning in our hearts through the reading of your word. We believe, God, that your word is active and living. It's not just words on a page, but it's words written by your spirit. <clears throat> and as we read your word, God, you write them on our hearts. So do that work this morning, God, as we listen to and read your word together as a people that you've redeemed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first passage we're going to be reading is Isaiah 1. If you guys want to turn there. So Isaiah 1 says, The vision concerns Judah, Jerusalem, that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reign of Uzziah, Gotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows their master. The donkeys its owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the, sinner, woe to the sinful nature, nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brute of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have overtaken the Lord. 
They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten on anyone anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured. Your whole heart is afflicted. For the sole of your, from the sole of your feet to the top of your head, this is no soundness. Only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Your country is desolate. Your cities burn with fire. Your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hunt in a cucumber field, like a city under sage. Unless the Lord Almighty has left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord. You rulers of Sodom, listen to the instructions of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifice, sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offering, of rams and the fat of fattening animals. I have no, no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? This trembling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies, your new moon feast, and your appointed festivals. I hate with all of my being. They have been a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you, when you spread out your hands to, in, in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widows. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good thing of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice, righteousness, used to dwell in her. But now murderers. Our silver has become dross. Your choice, your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case do not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the mighty one of Israel, declares, Ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all of my impurities, all of your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in days of old and your rulers as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice and penitent ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken and those who forsaken, forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oath in which you have delighted. 
You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with faded leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tender and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. The word of the Lord has spoken. I'm Emily Nocton. Um, I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord, the house of the Lord, shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines, and they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled, and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idols shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground, from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. In that day, mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs. From before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty, when he rises to terrify the earth. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath. 
for of what account is he? We're going to go over to chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of who called who, of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant." and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump." Good morning, church. My name is Montez, and I'm a covenant member here. Uh, today, I'll be reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, um, chapter 1, and then we'll go over to chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. This is the word of the Lord, and I'm also reading from the NLT version. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around and rises again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. River run, rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the waters return again to the rivers and flow out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're never content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. 
Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. I, the teacher, was the king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and explore by wisdom everything being done under the, under, uh, under the heavens. I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to human race. I observe everything going on under the sun, and really it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who have ruled Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything for wisdom to madness and folly, but I learned firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. The increased knowledge only increases sorrow. Feel free to turn over to chapter 12. We're going to start from verse 9. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to Proverbs, studying them and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. Their collected sayings are like the nail stud stick with, the, with which a shepherd drives the sheep. But my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless, and, eat, and much study wears you out. That's the whole story. Here and now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, I'm Hannah Hansen. I'll be reading from Acts 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room, where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. 
For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Bersabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Hi there, I'm Kenny, a uh, covenant member here, and this will be Acts 2. Uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from the heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were all sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared, uh, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were, now, now, uh, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing him, them speak in his own tongue. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these all who are speaking Galileans? And how is it, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling our own tongues and mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying they are filled with new wine. And Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you supposed, uh, since this is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And all will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun, will be, the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. Before the day the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, 
because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. And for you, for you, it will not abandon my soul to Hades, you will, you, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life and will make, known, will make me full of gladness in your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence that the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and in his tomb is with us today. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn an oath to him that would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about his descendants, about the resurrection of the Christ. He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, that I may, that I'm, until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut into the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. To those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostle. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. This is God's word, and it's true. And I mentioned that this was capping off the end of a mini-series that we were doing through uh, what, what the scriptures are, what God's word is. And next week, we're getting back into our series uh, through Exodus, picking up in Exodus 15. And I just wanted to say that the, there's a narrative arc flowing through scripture. It's the same story throughout scripture. It's the story of God, a holy God, coming down into sin and darkness to redeem for himself a people. We're going to get back into that story in Exodus next week. Um, but I, I just wanted to encourage you guys to believe these words, that they're true words, that it's one God doing one work throughout the scriptures. We're going to see it in the lives of the Israelites in the book of Exodus. You'll see it if you follow the Israelites into the promised land and their generations of rebellion against God in the promised land, and then into the New Testament, uh, where we see that the word that was with God in the beginning, 
becomes flesh in the man of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ goes to the cross to finish the work of redeeming a people for God. The flesh is broken on the cross. And so one of the things that we do every Sunday is not just read God's word to each other and encourage each other by God's word, but we also take communion. We partake in a meal together remembering that the word became flesh and was broken for us, that Jesus' blood was spilled for us to purchase for God a people. And so we're going to transition now to a time of communion. Um, Before we do that, I'm going to read one last passage from Deuteronomy um, just to kind of prep us for next week. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30. To set the scene, God's people have been delivered out of slavery in Egypt, and they are uh, on the doorstep of the promised land that God had promised their father Abraham to deliver them into. And he's warning them that they're about to inherit a land flowing with milk and honey, and it's going to be real easy to forget God and forsake God who delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. And this is what God says to his people in Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to start in uh, verse 11. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them. God is redeeming a people for himself. He's paid for that people with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And all we have is his word and his spirit to help us obey and receive and live his word. So as we uh, prepare to take communion, let's remember that as we're partaking of this meal Jesus' body broken for us, Jesus' blood shed for us, so that we can believe and obey and have life in the very words of God. Um, If you are a believer, uh, I would invite you to take communion with us. We'll have two stations at the front and a gluten-free in the back. Just break off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, and remember Jesus' blood shed for you on the cross.